Thank you very much. We believe, as the Chumash tells us, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created Ben B'Tselem Alakim. Uh, the Mishnah we just read in the Mishnah in Pirkei Ovis, this past Shabbos, Chaviv Adam Shenivar B'Tselem, Chaviv Yisrael Shenikru Barim Lamakam. So some Mepharshim on the Mishnah understand Chaviv Adam refers to Adam Arishan. Adam Arishan was created in B'Tselem Alakim. Thank you. Okay, I'll try to speak a little louder. <coughs> Some understand the Mishnah to say that Odom Arishon was created with Tzalem Alakim, and this Tzalem Alakim was not transmitted to all of his descendants, only to Odom, Sheis, Enosh, Kenan, Mahalalel, the way the Psukim begin in the beginning of Diri Hayomim. He didn't succeed in transmitting this Midah of Tzalem Alakim to all of his children. He gave it all the way till Avram, till Yitzchak, till Yaakov, and Yankov, as the Gemara has the expression, had mitos shlema. All of his children had the Inyan Ho'elaki, this divine spark of Tzalem Alakim. And the Yom Asylum don't have it. It's only by Bnei Yisrael. This is what some of Farshim learn in the Mishnah, that the Mishnah says, Chavivadim Shalibibitzam, only refers to Adam Arishan, and it doesn't refer to all of mankind. This is not the way we usually understand. Most of the commentaries on the Mishnah and saying Chaviv Adam refers to all of mankind. Everybody was created with Salam Alakim. And Chaviv in Yisrael Shinikro Barim Lamakim. Barim Atem Lashem Alakim. What does it mean, Barim Lamakim? Just like the children carry over the DNA from their parents, so B'nai Yisrael have a greater degree of Salam Alakim. Everybody has, all human beings have Salam Alakim. B'nai Yisrael have Salam Alakim square. We have Barim Lamakim more, more of this DNA than the Umas <coughs> So what does this mean? that uh, when every person is born, he already, he already has implanted within him midos of elokus. Now we have a pasig in Chumash. The Torah tells us, and Parshas Kisavah, we should go in the ways of God. We should imitate the ways of God. Why should we imitate the ways of God? Sometimes a little girl wants to imitate her mother. So she puts on high heels and she puts on a big hat or a big shaitl, whatever, and she screams at the other children, that's how you act like a mommy, you scream, you give touch, whatever. Someday she'll probably be a mother. We hope she'll be a mother. So she's imitating her mother. She's practicing for the future. Sometimes a little boy imitates the doctor, so he puts a he puts a toy stethoscope in his ears, and he's listening to someone's heartbeat, that he's taking someone's blood pressure or something. He makes believe that he's a doctor. Why is he imitating? Someday he may become a doctor. Fine. You imitate someone else. What do you mean the Rabbani Shalom gave us a mitzvah to imitate to imitate the ways of God while he's considering retiring? And we should practice, maybe we're going to take over. That's ridiculous. <coughs> if a person tries to act as if he's someone other than whom he really is, he's going to have a nervous breakdown. So what kind of a mitzvah is that to imitate the ways of God? So the simple meaning of the Pasuk is we're not trying to act as if we are something or someone whom we are not. We were all created with Tzalem Alakim, but Esau were created Baram Lamak, and we have Tzalem Alakim Square. We have this DNA within us. We were born with the Midas of Elokus. So HaKadosh Baruch instructs us, we should act in such a way to preserve the Tzalem Alakim. We shouldn't ruin that Tzalem Alakim. And that's how the Pasuk continues. The very next Pasuk in Parshish Kisovoy, after you have this Pasuk, V'halach the Bidrachov, 
So the next pasuk reads, When all of the nations of the world will see, they'll look at the Jewish people, and they'll see that we have succeeded, Kishem Hashem Nikru Alecha, you have succeeded in preserving your Tzelem Alekim, that's Shem Hashem Nikru Alecha, and they could do the same. They weren't in the rest of the world only has the Sheva Mitzvahs ben Enoch. We have 613 Mitzvahs. We have an obligation to act in such a way to preserve the Tzalem Alakim that was implanted within us. The other people were not obligated to, but if they want to, they can do the same thing. They can preserve the Tzalem Alakim that they were born with as well. So the Torah says, <coughs> when the other nations of the world will see that we have succeeded in preserving our Tzalem Alakim, the Yorum Imeko, they will learn from us how to act with Yerushalayim and how to preserve their own Tzalem Alakim. That's how the Vilna Goyim, some of those before him, some of the Rishonim learned Shat and the Posit. For all Kalami Horat means when all the nations of the world will see that we have preserved that Tzalem Alakim. What's the idea here? The Nabi Yeshaya tells us in several places that the Jewish people are instructed to act as Or Lagoim, a light unto the nations. <coughs> We have, this week we're going to conclude Chumash Vayikra. So the concluding Pasuk, the last Pasuk in Chumash Vayikra is practically identical with the concluding Pasuk in Chumash Bamidbar. The both Pesukim say, Eila HaMitzvah V'achukim HaMishpatim HaShatziv HaShem Es Moshe V'Haisinai. So the Gemara says on the first Daph Megillah, Eila HaMitzvah, these and only these are the mitzvahs that were given to Moshe Rabbeinu. No other Navi before or after Moshe Rabbeinu gave the mitzvah that's binding throughout all the future generations. Other Nevi'im and other prophet is given a Dvar Nevuah. Nevuah by definition means Hayrashah. Just for this occasion. The Navi is, is instructed you have to do something now. The only one who is given mitzvah is mitzvah. Rashi writes in the opening, in his commentary on the opening Pesach, in Parshas Tzav, Ein Loshen Tzavel Loshen Ziriz Ladaris. A mitzvah has a technical connotation. Mitzvah means an obligation which is binding throughout all the future generations. <coughs> When you look in the Rambam and the Sefer HaMitzvah, the Rambam tries to establish which are the 613 mitzvahs. The Gemara and the Midrashim tell us there are 613 mitzvahs. So the Rambam gives 14 guidelines, 14 principles, how to determine which mitzvah should be included and which not. So the Rambam writes, one of the, the second of the principles is, we only include a mitzvah which is Nohegis Lederus. Take for example, on the occasion of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, all the Jews were instructed to knock on the next door neighbor's door, the non-Jew, the doors of the, of the non-Jews, and to ask for matonis. Mishchenta to ask for matonis before Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. We don't do this today, we haven't done it for the last 3,000 years. There was a mitzvah once in the history of the world immediately prior to Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, the original Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave Moshe Rabbeinu HaRashor everyone should knock on the next the neighbor's door and ask for Matanis. Moshe Rabbeinu was told a lot of things that were HaRashor not to leave over the man to the next morning. Even if the man would fall today there wouldn't be any prohibition to leave it over to the next morning. Moshe Rabbeinu was told a lot of dinim that are HaRashor. Those are not called mitzvahs. Those are called Divrei Nevuah. But a mitzvah means an obligation that's binding throughout all the future generations. So the Pasuk tells us, this concluding Pasuk in Chumash Vayikra, as well as the concluding Pasuk in Chumash Bamidbar, that the mitzvahs were only given to Moshe Rabbeinu. The Ramam says that the reason why we still continue to observe Bris Mila today is not because the mitzvah of Mila was given to Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu was an Avi, 
whatever he was told is only Hayru It's because it was repeated to Moshe Rabbeinu at Har Sinai, in Parshas Tazria. And the fact that we still observe the mitzvah of Gid Anashah today is not because it was given to Yaakov Avinu. Yaakov Avinu was an Avi. When he was given the mitzvah of not eating Gid Anashah, that part of the leg of the animal, that was only for that generation. It wasn't binding on all the future generations. The mitzvah of Gid Anashah is still binding today because it was repeated at Har Sinai. It was told to Moshe Rabbeinu. <coughs> so we have a problem. We have the Novi Yeshaya instructs the Jewish people that we are supposed to service Orla Goyim, a light unto the nations. What did he come up with? A new, a new mitzvah that's binding throughout all the future generations? Where does it say this in the Chumash? They should have given the death penalty to Yeshaya Novi. He's telling us that God added on a 614th mitzvah. In addition to the Taryag mitzvah, there's another mitzvah that the Jews should function, Jews should act as Orla Goyim. Where does it say that in the Chumash? So the Gemara says, whenever you have a Navi who tells you a mitzvah, a din, that's binding throughout all the future generations, you have to have a mocker in the Chumash. It must be that Moshe Rabbeinu said this. Another Navi, after Moshe Rabbeinu, before or after Moshe Rabbeinu, cannot come up with a new din. So where does it say this in the Chumash, that the Jewish people are obligated to serve as an orla goyim, a light unto the nation? So the answer is, here's the Pasuk. The Pasuk says, V'ro kalami ha'aretz. When all of the nations of the world will see, we're supposed to function as a dugma, as, as a model. We should act in such a way that the, that the rest of the nations of the world should learn from us how to act properly. So the Torah tells us, Ro Kalamias, when all the nations of the world will see that we have succeeded in preserving our Tzalem Alakim, so they realize they can do the same, they will learn from us how to act with Yerushalayim. HaKadosh Baruch tells Moshe Rabbeinu also that when he goes to Paro, he should ask Paro to let the Jewish people free, because beneath Bechori Yisrael, the Jewish people are the firstborn. What does that mean, the Jewish people are the firstborn? We all know, those who have a few children, it's expected of the firstborn child to help the parents raise the younger children. So the Bnei Yisrael are, are the Yam HaNivchar. says in the Chumash many times, what do you mean the Yam HaNivchar? We were chosen for what? That we can get away with any shtick that we want to? What does it mean that we are the Yam HaNivchar? No. It means we were chosen, we were singled out. It's our obligation to have an influence on the other nations of the world, to serve as Orla Goyim. So this is the nevuah that Yeshaya Nabi said, Or Lagoyim, the Satikha, was told by Moshe Rabbeinu in that Pasuk, Vero Kalam Hiratz. What does this mean? We are an Or Lagoyim with respect to what? We should show the nations of the world whether we observe Shabbos and Kashris and Taras HaMishpacha. No, that's only for the Jewish people. It means we're supposed to serve as an Or Lagoyim in the area of Yashrus, honesty, decency, integrity. Unfortunately, if you have a Medina where the former president is sitting in prison and the former prime minister is supposed to be sitting in prison also, they just uh, had the mishpat, and you have members of the Knesset sitting in prison for their good to and taivim, so they're not doing such a good job. And every day they keep on uh, indicting here in America, they keep on indicting Another Jew, another Jew, many of them are religious, some of them are not so observant for Gnevish shtick that they do. So not only are we in violation of Geneva, we're in violation of our mission in life. We are supposed to serve as the Orla Goyim. We're supposed to imitate the ways of God to show the nations of the world how they can preserve their Tzalem Elohim as well. We're not doing such a good job with this uh, Orla Goyim story. So what, in what area do we say 
that v'halachta b'drachma. In what way are we supposed to imitate the ways of Hakadosh Baruch Hu? So the Gemara tells us, just like the Tanakh describes Hakadosh Baruch Hu, mahu chanun, afatochanun, mahu rachum, mahu koyvemesim, mahu mevakecholim. Hakadosh Baruch Hu does all these wonderful things, but it's not restricted only to those in Yonim that the Gemara says the Tanakh describes Hakadosh Baruch Hu as doing many other things. And v'halach to preserve the Tzalem Kim goes on everything else as well. So one of the aspects of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that we are instructed v'halach t'bedrochav is, again, the Novi Yeshaya describes HaKadosh Baruch Hu as a kel mistater. He hides. What do you mean he hides? He created this whole world and he did such a good job at hiding, there's so many people who don't even believe that he's there. There's so many people who deny the existence of God. Usually a person makes a painting, a person builds a house, a person writes a book, a person composes a song. So you know who the author is, you know who the Bala Machaber is. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is a Kel Mestata, he created the whole world and he runs everything behind, from behind the scenes and everything is done in a hidden fashion. He's a Kel Mestata. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells us, we have this Midah of Tzniyus within us, that, that's what Tzniyus means. You can do something bitzina, or you can do something b'farhesya. In a public demonstrative fashion, Sakharish Bokha does everything bitzina, and he instructed us, to preserve the Tzalem Alakim that we all have within us. We have Tzalem Alakim Square, we have the Midah Banam Lamakam, so we should act in a fashion of Tzniyus. The Medrash has a comment that uh, when Hakarish Bokhu gave the Luchas Vishainais, it was given with great fanfare, Kailus Abrakim, it was so noisy, and everybody, all the nations of the world heard this noise, what was going on on the occasion of Maimon HaSinai. So in Ayin Hara was Shailet, and the Luchas Vishainus was smashed. And when Moshe Rabbein came down on Yom Kippur with the Luchas Shniyas, there were no Kailus Abrakim, it was Shashtil, it was quiet, and therefore in Ayin Hara was not Shailet, so the Luchas Shniyas were not smashed. So then the Medrash says, the moral of the story is, the moral of the story is, the best thing is to do everything as opposed to So what this means is that sometimes somebody comes into shul and he davens out loud, he's screaming on top of his lungs has to let everybody know that he's here. Someone else uh, has yard sight and he davens for an omen and he davens in a whisper. Just uh, that everybody should know that he's different from everybody else. Another guy comes in into the office or into the shul, into the base medrash with an orange sweater or, or a, a red, a loud red sweater or something, just to, uh, to announce to everybody that he's here. Uh, someone will come in, he'll sit all the way up in the front. Someone will come in, sit all the way in the back to show everybody should see that he's different from everybody else, to draw attention to himself. So that's what sneers means. A person should act and speak in such a fashion that he should, he, should not, he should not stand out. He should not, it should not be obvious that he's different from everybody else. One should act and speak in such a way, Bitsina, that's what's called Bitsina. Once in a while, HaKadosh Baruch Hu makes a Gilish Hina. He's not always a Kel Mestater. On the occasion of Maimon Hasina, there was a Gilish Hina. Everybody realized that the, there was a Gilish Hina. On the occasion of Makas Becheres, there was a Gilish Hina. On the occasion of Kriyas Yamsuf, they said, Zekelev Yadveil. The Medrash says, Ros Shivchalayam, Asheroi, Cheska, Bambuzi, Bimaisa, Makovit, there's such a Gilishchina. So on rare occasions, there is a Gilishchina. So on rare occasions, we have no choice. 
We have to do things b'fahesi as well. I always talk in public, so I'm always violating the midas atzniyas. I'm always doing things b'fahesi. You have to have someone should be the president of the shul, someone has to be the president of the country, someone has to be the rosh hamem shalah, someone has to be the chief of police, the mayor, the governor, and so on. So the medrash hatanoim comments on the pasuk saim tosim alecha melech. So the medrash says melech v'loy malko. Even though someone has to do, someone has to take this public position to serve as the king, whenever there's a possibility of either appointing a man or a woman, so the Tanoim say that included in the Pasuk is that we should expect of the women Mortznias. The women should not take the public position. If the only one who can do the job is, is a woman, so you have no choice, you have to appoint a woman. But if you have, there was uh, one of the rabbis here in New Jersey had a, in a shul, there were two candidates running for president of the shul. So one was a man, one was a woman, and the woman was running on the platform, she wants to have the rabbi remain there. And the man was running on the platform, he wants to kick out the rabbi and hire a conservative rabbi. So, uh, so there, was, there was no alternative, they had no choice. So the rabbonim told the rabbi, he's permitted to have a woman function as the president of the shul. Because the alternative would have been uh, utter destruction of the shul. They would, they would they'd get rid of the rabbi and, and hire a rabbi who wouldn't be orthodox. But whenever you have the opportunity of either appointing a man or a woman to a public figure, to a public position, so the Tanoim says, So that's why the Gemara always assumes that we expect more sneers of women than of men. Sneers in the sense of leading more of a private life. Really, the men should also try to lead a private life. There are some people, they're always pushing in shul, they have to get mafter. So either they daven by the first minyan, or they daven in the other shul, they always have to, every week they have to get mafter. They always have to daven for anomi, right? They have yard for their uncle, and yard for the grandma, and yard for the shviger, always have yard Every week they have yard they have to daven for anomi, they have to say mafter. It's not right. A person should always avoid getting an aliyah. A person should always avoid davening for anomen. You have your sights, you have no choice. If you have a beautiful voice, and you have a better voice than everybody else, so then it's a mitzvah that you should daven for anomen. But uh, that people should rush to daven for anomen, that's not right, that's not proper. That's a violation of tzniyas. Everyone should try to lead as much of a private life as possible. And in fact, the Gemara has a comment on the Pasuk that Rabbi Yud mentioned earlier, the Pasuk from, from Micha, that the word leches has the connotation of the posik that appears in Kohelis. Moshe writes in Kohelis, it's better to go be Menachem Ovel, better to participate in a funeral, go be Menachem Ovel, than to go to a wedding. We'll realize that uh, everyone's going to die and it'll have a better influence on us, it'll tone us down. We won't, we won't sin as much. So the Gemara understands that the word leches in the Pasuk, has the connotation of participating in a funeral or participating in a wedding where there is an outpouring of emotions, that you are publicizing what your feelings are, you're not keeping it to yourself, you're not keeping it with sinner. The whole purpose of a hesped is to express emotions. The whole purpose of dancing at a wedding is to express emotions. So the Gemara says, even at a wedding and even at a funeral where you are expressing emotions, you should tone it down also. You shouldn't dance too much at a wedding and you shouldn't cry too much. You shouldn't cry too much in public at a, at a hesped. You should tone down the emotions even when the whole mitzvah is to express emotions. 
Kalvachimer, in other situations where you're not expected at all to express your emotions, for sure you should keep your emotions to yourself. That's the idea of doing things bitzina. Uh, the Gemara has a comment that, um, strictly speaking, a woman may get an aliyah in shul on Shabbos, but we don't recommend it because of kovet atzibur. So some of the uh, scholars, some of the self-declared scholars have uh, published uh, scholarly essays. They consider them scholarly essays. They did research and they found that uh, the Gemara has in different places the Gemara talks about Kovar Atzibah. Different dinam because of Kovar Atzibah. So in the Shulchan Aruch, there's a dispute. What if the Tzibah wants to be Moichal on the Kovar? So some poskim are of the opinion that the may be Moichal on the Kovar. So that's why they came up with this Einfall. If you're going to have a partnership minion, that the half of the Aliyahs will be given to men, half of the Aliyahs will be given to women, and the Balabatim and the Shul are Moichal on the Kovar. So then there's no problem. The whole issue of not giving a woman an Aliyah is just Kovar Atzibah. And the tzibur is mechal on the covet, so there's no problem. I think this is a major mistake. The Pashib Shat and Nigmari is that it's not proper for a woman to take an aliyah because she's doing something but for Hesya. It's not proper for anybody to take an aliyah. But the Chacham made a takoni, I have to give seven aliyahs on Shabbos. It's bad enough, it's not proper. Anyone should daven for a nomad, but the Chacham made a takoni. You have to have a shliach tzibur, you have to have someone say the Chazar Sashat. So it's bad enough that the men have to compromise on their sneers. If you don't need a woman to compromise on that sneers, so we apply the principle, same tosa malach and melech, melech malka. Let the women not compromise on their sneers. So the din starts off that it's not proper for a woman to compromise on her sneers. We don't have to. What if the only one in shul who knows how to lane, who knows how to say the bracha is a woman? So we'll give the women the alias. But this will show that there's no one else in shul. None of the men are learned enough to get the alias. So this, this is a violation of Kavad Atzibar. But the din doesn't begin from Kavad Atzibar. The din begins because of Tznias of the women. We know that we're makbed more on the Tznias for the women than we are the men, based on the postage of Samtasam Alech and Melech, Melech Olay Malko. We have a, a very old minik that under the chuppah, the chasen smashes a, a glass. What is that all about? So we usually assume... Taisa says it's based on the story in the Gemara Brachas. Gemara tells that once at one of the weddings, the Shiva Bachim were dancing so much, it was a little too much. So the father of the Chassan thought that they were in violation of the Pasuk and Shira Malas that we say all the time, that Ozim when we'll have the Gulu Hasida as Moshiach led Kumin, then we will be very cheerful. Only Ozimali, but now Bailamazer, it's Ozilodim Shemalis Chokpi Bailamazer. It's not proper to be so happy and rejoicing and singing and dancing so much. So, in order to tone down the dancing, the father of the Chasm took a very expensive glass vase and he smashed it. And all the people saw what happened and they were uh, aghast. But it toned down the whole dancing. So, everybody was a little more serious at that occasion. So Taisus says on that Gemara and Brochus that that's why we have the minic to smash a glass under the chuppah to tone down the dancing. But no one started to dance yet. So we mean we smash the glass in advance. That's what Taisus says. So Rav Salavechik used to say over if you look in the Sefer of the Maharshal, the Amshal Shlomai and the Gemara and Ksubis, so he quotes from the Rishonim another explanation why. That Many of the minhagim that we uh, observe at the Hasina are all based on what happened at Maimon Hasinai. 
because Maimon Hasina was uh, described by the Tanakh as the chasana between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Jewish people. So the reason why we have music and the reason why they march down with candles is because it says in Chumash that they were Kerlis Abrakim. There was thunder and lightning. Sometimes you listen to some of the orchestras, it sounds like thunder. It doesn't sound like an orchestra. So, the, so we want to reenact all the things that Maimon Hasinai, because Maimon Hasinai was like a chasana. So part of Maimon Hasinai was Shviras Aluchas, Masha Abenus Meshtaluchas. It wasn't a Maimon Hasinai, it was uh, 40 days later when he came down on, uh, on Shivasa Batamas, he smashed the luchas. So we smashed the glass under the chuppah to, to reminisce, to recall the shviras haluchas. Why do you want to make a reminiscence? Why do you want to remind everyone about the shviras haluchas? So the marshal quotes this from the Rabbeinu Bechaya, doesn't explain it. So Rab Salavechik thought that what he meant was the following. That we mentioned the Medrash before, that the luchas vishonis were smashed because they were given in such a public fashion, and the Luchashnias were not smashed because they were given Bitsina. It was Shtashtil, it was quiet on Yom Kippur when Moshe Rabbeinu came down from Hasinai with the second set of Luchas. And that was the last line in the Medrash. The moral of the story is It's best to do everything in a quiet fashion, not to do things in a public fashion. So a lot of times, a boy and a girl get married and they're so madly in love with each other, they're going to dance in public and kiss each other, do everything in public, show, how, show their affections in public. So you want to show them, we're smashing a glass right after the chuppah, keep your emotions and keep your feelings to yourself, don't publicize your emotional feelings towards each other. Just like the Gemara says, even at a wedding when you're dancing, and it's expected that you should express your emotions, even at a hesped at a funeral, the whole idea of the Hesped is to express your emotions. Still talk, have the Pasuk say, Hatsnei Alechas, even in Lechas, Tov Lechas al Beisovel, Me Lechas al Beis Mishter, so the Lechas should also be done with sin, even when you're expressing emotions. Kalvachaymer, you shouldn't show your love for your wife in public, you show your love at home, privately. There's no need to demonstrate in a demonstrative fashion in public that you have the love for your wife. Said Rav Soloveitchik thought that's the reason why these Shonim say that we smash a glass under the chuppah to warn, so to speak, to warn the chasen kala to keep their midas uh, atzniyas that they shouldn't express their love for each other in a public fashion. That's the idea of midas atzniyas. The Tanakh describes HaKadosh Baruch as the Melech HaKovod. He deserves a lot of covet. And man is described as being created by Tzalim And we were instructed for Halach So we have to have COVID for ourselves, self-dignity, self-respect, and COVID for others. There's a mitzvah to show COVID abrius. We pass on that. That's one of the 613 mitzvahs. We just read a few weeks ago, Parsha Samor, the Torah says, if the coin is not permitted to attend a funeral, unless it's one of the seven relatives, and then the Chumash says, if the sister of the Kayin dies, lo yitama, if the sister never married yet, if she's still single, so lo yitama, we pass in it's a mitzvah, the Gemara has a dispute between Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Shmuel, how do you translate the words lo yitama, so the Tana Rabbi Shmuel understands that Kayin is permitted to attend the funeral of the seven relatives, and we pass like Rabbi Akiva, he's obligated to attend the funeral, and this is the mocker of the mitzvah, this is the source, of the mitzvah to show Kavar Abriyas. What's the idea of Kavar Abriyas? Why should you show Kavar Abriyas? Because we believe that man was created with Tzalem So we feel an obligation to show Kavar 
to the, to the other persons, Tzalem Alekim. The Jews have Tzalem Alekim, the non-Jews have Tzalem Alekim. We all have Tzalem Alekim. So the, and the Gemara points out that there are two types of Kavar Abiyas. There's a Kavar Abiyas that you're obligated to show Kavar to someone else. Then there's a Kavar Abiyas, a person has to act with dignity himself. The Gemara says, the Ramam quotes this, and the Shulchan quotes it from the Gemara. Let's say a person walks around naked in the street. That's a dreta, walks around naked. So the Gemara calls him the Mavuzim, the people who don't have self-dignity, they don't have self-respect. So the Pasala Eidus, he's missing in Selim Alakim. Part of Kovid Abrias, part of Kovid Atzmo, is that a person should dress properly. The Gemara says, Rabbi Yechonet used to refer to his clothing as Mechabdusa. When he wears nice clothing, it enhances his self-dignity, his self-respect. Mr. Lemberg used to tell me for years that the BBC used to instruct all of the newscasts, all, all the people who would say the news, it's a radio program, it's not TV. They would instruct them to have to wear three-piece suits because if they're dressed properly, then they'll speak nicer. But no one sees them, even if they're wearing pajamas, no one, no one sees No, it's a difference. If you're wearing nice clothing, then you'll speak differently. It'll enhance the person's Kovar Atzmai, and I'll hands the persons Selim Alakim. The Gemara has uh, one opinion, uh, uh, this is not accepted, La'aloche, that Ha'echel Bashuk is Daim Alakelev. A person eats a sandwich in the street, he's munching food in the street, is Daim Alakelev, and he's also called Min HaMavuzim, and he's Pasal Ha'edus. Baruch Hashem, we don't accept that La'aloche, we don't pass like that, but there was such an opinion, that he, he, he doesn't have the basic Kovar Abriyas, you should eat at home, you shouldn't eat in public. Eating should be done privately. The behemoths eat. So we shouldn't demonstrate that we're behemoths in public. The Gemara has a famous comment. The rabbis who lived in Eretz Yisrael didn't wear special rabbinical suits. They dressed like everybody else. The rabbanim in Bovel used to wear special begotten. Special. Why is that? How come in Bovel they wore special rabbinical outfits and Eretz they didn't? So the Gemara says, because they weren't as learned as those in Eretz Yisrael. So the Mepharshim understand Pshat, not that no one will know that he's a rabbi unless he puts on this suit. In Eretz Yisrael they'll know he's a rabbi because he knows how to learn. No, that's not the Pshat. It means that Talmud HaChachamim in Eretz Yisrael were so learned. So the learning had an influence on their personalities and they were Torah personalities. The Rabbanim in Bovel knew how to learn less than the Rabbanim in Eretz Yisrael. So they had to have the special begodim to have a hashpah, to have an influence on their personality to make them into a more of a Torah personality. When a person wears clothing, it has an influence on him. The Gemara points out that on Shabbos, you have to wear special begodim. There's a special dinner, big day Shabbos. <coughs> the Gemara learns that one of the psukim that the Gemara quotes is in the Gilas Rus, when Naomi encouraged Rus HaMoraviyah, the Giyaris, that she should go to the Goren, and she was basically going to go on a date. That the, she wants Boaz to see who she is, then maybe he'll be interested in marrying her. So the mother-in-law, Naomi, tells her daughter-in-law, Ruth, she should take a shower, put on a dress. So Gemara said, of course she's going to put on a dress. What, she's going to walk there undressed? She's going to walk on the street naked? Gemara says, no, she should wear big day Shabbos. It's a difference what clothing you wear. The Gemara said, there's Allah, a big day. on Shabbos you have to wear big day Shabbos. After Rav Salvechik's wife passed away, he was mourning a lot the death of his wife, uh, much more than most uh, other people did. 
So the students in the yeshiva felt awful about this. So they, so they told them, in the summertime, the students started to run the show. So the students told them, this summer, they're gonna, a whole group of students are going to show up in Boston. They demanded of Rabbi Soloveitchik that he should give them a shear. No, that he should take his mind off of the death of his wife. He shouldn't be so uh, involved with his wife already. Shine, she passed away. Shine. So the students came there. So on Shabbos afternoon, Rabbi Soloveitchik used to give the shear in Maimonides in the yeshiva. So Shabbos afternoon, Rabbi Soloveitchik saw that one of the religious Balabatim had walked from the other side of town to Maimon. It was a very hot day and he was walking in his shirt sleeves. So Rabbi, in order to attend the shir, so Rabbi Soloveitchik said, you walk in on Shabbos without a jacket. Are you talking? Big day Shabbos? So he said, no, I came specially before Shabbos and I left my jacket here in Maimonides because I planned to daven mincha after the shir. The boys were going to daven mincha after the shir. Rabbi Soloveitchik said, forget about mincha. Shabbos, even without mincha. You're not allowed to walk in the street in your shirt sleeves. It, it depends. If the normal... In Eretz Yisrael, people walk all the time in shirt sleeves. They never wear jackets. <laughs> okay? Even at the chasanas. Uh, if you're from Merkaz Zarav, the chasana outfit is that you have the shirt sticking out. Like on Shabbos Niyantas, no jackets, just the shirt is sticking out from the trousers. They wear a special shirt. A shirt for Shabbos. But if the meeting on Mokim is that people dress up nicely when you meet a business uh, associate. So you dress up with a nice suit and a tie. So on Shabbos, you have to wear big day Shabbos. Rav Salvechik told him, no, you have to wear big day Shabbos. So the fellow said, but it's a 45 minute walk from the other side of town to here. I'll melt away. It's, it's so hot. I can't walk with a jacket. So Rav Salvechik said, it's better to stay home and miss the shear rather than to walk in the street without big day Shabbos. You're not allowed to go in the street with your, with your shirt sleeves. A lot of people have the attitude. Shabbos morning, they come to shul all dressed up, big day Shabbos. Then they come home, they put on a bathroom. A lot of the women put on a, a robe instead of Hayitochen, Shabbos. When you take a nap, you don't have to wear your suit. Okay, but when you're sitting in the house, you're awake. You should wear big day Shabbos. A lot of people come Shabbos afternoon. They're already casual. You're not allowed to dress casually on Shabbos. I remember uh, Rabbi Morty Feuerstein, who uh, lives here in New Jersey, in Livingston. So in the later years, Rabbi Soloveitchik used to come to the Shiva, who was very frail. He was very weak and he needed one of the boys to be in the apartment with him to make sure that he eats his meals and he doesn't fall off of the bed and, and he takes care of himself. They need a Pasha the Shamas. So there was a period of time that Rabbi Feuerstein was one of the Shamas. So Rabbi Salvechik used to come in by plane on Tuesday morning and he would have a drink of coffee and a little Danish and then he would walk across the street. He was very old and failed. He'd walk across the street and give the shear. So on one, on one Tuesday morning, as he was drinking the cup of coffee, he spilled the whole cup of coffee he was sitting. He spilled the whole cup of burning hot coffee on his knee. So Feuerstein almost fainted. It's his responsibility to make sure that he doesn't hurt himself. And now he spilled the whole cup of coffee on his knee. So he started to take care of him. So Rabbi Sol- he hears Rabbi Soloveitchik muttering under his breath, it's my own fault, it's my own fault. So he didn't understand what he means. It's his own fault that he dropped the cup of coffee. He said, it's my own fault this morning when I woke up. So it was a little dark in the room. So I took the first suit and it was my Shabbos Dikas suit. And the dinners, I should have taken it off and put on a big dechol. You're not allowed to wear big day Shabbos in the weekdays. And you're not allowed to wear big dechol on Shabbos. And I was too lazy. And I didn't take off the big day Shabbos. So it's my own fault. So that's why I have to send it to the cleaners now. Now I can't wear the Shabbos Dikas suit. It's full of a stain with coffee. It's my own fault that he spilled the coffee. That's the dinner big day Shabbos. Begodim, wearing begodim, is also a chelik of halach to bedrochov. Not that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wears begodim, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the melech and we have to show kavod abriyas to ourselves. The Gemara says, 
We have to show covet to ourselves to act in a mechubedigah fashion. That's why the Gemara quotes Rabbi Yechanan he used to refer to his begodim as mechabdusa. It's mechabedes adam. It enhances the covet abrius of the person. On Shabbos, when we have a, an extra neshama yaseira, so we should dress even fancier. The Gemara has this special din of big day Shabbos. So that's why uh, people make a mistake. They think that when you talk about sneers, you're only talking about women that should wear dresses up to here and down to there and down to there. It's not only on dresses. The main Indian of sneers is that men and women should act in a fashion of sneers that HaKadosh Baruch is a kel mistater. He does everything bitzina most of the time. Once in a while he, he's, uh, he does a gilush china, but most of the time he does things in a very sneersika fashion. That there's so many who don't even believe that he's there behind the scenes. They don't see him at all. So we should lead private lives. We should try as much as possible to be private people and not to do things in public. And even when we have to do things in public, we have to express our emotions, dancing and singing at a wedding, or crying, delivering a hesped. At a funeral, we should tone that down also to try to be as much bitzina as possible. An additional aspect of tzniyas is not only in the speaking and, and the walking and the dressing, but also in dressing, covering up the body, to dress in a proper fashion. But it's a mistake that people think that that's the whole story of Tzniyas, only for women. It's for men and for women. And it's in all, all areas of life. We should live a life of Betzina as opposed to the Fahasi. Thank you very much.